listening to The Middle, the show about the Australia-China connection. We're bringing greater balance and broad expertise to all aspects of the Australia-China relationship. Welcome to The Middle, the show about one of the most vital debates in Australia, the rise of China and what it means for our country, the region and the world. We are coming to you from 2SER Studios in the heart of Sydney on the traditional lands of the Gadigal people, the Aura Nation. My name is Peter Frey. I'm the co-director of the Centre for Media Transition. And joining me today is my co-presenter and esteemed colleague from the University of Technology, Walling Sun. You can hear the middle on 2SER across the community broadcast network and on your favourite podcast app. And even better still, you can see it with Mandarin subtitles on YouTube. More details about that at the end of the show. So, Wanning, we better explain why we call this show The Middle. Well, there could be a number of reasons. First of all, um, Australia is caught in the middle between the US and China. And secondly, China is actually called the Middle Kingdom, right? And thirdly, I would say many, many people in Australia feel, like, feel that they actually get stuck in the middle of the China-Australia debate. Well, that's right, Wanning. I mean, there is a productive sort of middle path, we think, in this hot and divisive debate. And we want to shed some light, not heat, uh, on, on the issues that come out of this a very interesting and complex and, let's face it, historical relationship. Mm -hmm. So does that cover everything, Wanning? Not quite. I would say that if you can be philosophical about this, uh, there is always the Confucius idea of the being in the middle, right? right? And Aristotle's idea of the golden mean also um, you know, becomes relevant here. Oh, so. that's very well said, Wanning. I always learn something about, <laughs> by being with you. Um, today's show is all about international students. Currently, half a million international Students are enrolled in Australian institutions and schools. And Australia exports, uh, education exports is our third largest export and it's estimated to be worth about $28 billion a year. And of course, the biggest cohort of international students in Australia are from China, Chinese students. So as the debate about China-Australian relationships hots up, Chinese students are increasingly in the eye of the storm. Uh, there, there are all sorts of things flying around. There's allegations about the perceived pro-China activities of Chinese students. There are claims that Chinese students are coming here to somehow infiltrate our universities and steal our technology. And then there is this uh, tendency in the Australian media to demonize Chinese students. Uh, in, in other words, yeah. they, are, they are one of the people's uh, cohorts that are caught in the middle of the debate, really. Well, th that's right. That's right, Walling. So many Chinese students love living and studying in Australia, but challenges persist, right? They range from mental health and the well-being of international students to the inadequate provision of housing in everyday support for learning difficulties. Yeah, well, most of the media stories written about uh, the international students from China tend to uh, um, um, sort of suggest that, that the students from China are either uh, working for the Chinese Communist Party mm. or they're somehow the mouthpiece of the, you know, uh, the People's Republic of China. But actually, very, very few journalists who write about jo um, Chinese students bother to sit down with them, actually, and find out from themselves what their lives is like and what their views are. That's right. Very, very few people actually sit down with students, write their stories, and, and the people who make commentary very rarely bother to actually ask the students themselves. 
So what are their experiences here? What are their difficulties? What are their challenges? Mm. Uh, what are their dreams and hopes? And, and what can we perhaps wanting as teachers or the government or local community do to help them? That's right. So today in this episode, we're going to do precisely that. So our guests here today, three of them, represent a very diverse range of Chinese students. We have uh, Sun Liangyu from uh, uh, Sydney University, and we have Zhang Yi in the studio also with us. And we also um, on the phone, we have Joni Wong um, from Melbourne uh, IMIT. So welcome to you all. So I'm going to say a little bit about our guests, and then we're going to go into some questions. So Liang, uh, you're a second-year student. Yep. Uh, doing a Bachelor's of International and Global Studies, yep. majoring in Sociology at University yeah. of Sydney. Sociology. Yes. That's an interesting subject. Yes, I love it. What made you pick that? Um, I was originally interested in a lot of social issues in China when mm. I was in high school. And we often, uh, we always have debates um, with our friends. And I think that might be one of my major interests. So I pick sociology and I could learn a lot of like theories to help me analyze those social issues in universities. So that's the reason why. Well, you, I'm sure you are learning lots of great theories, but you're going to put them into practice as well, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Great stuff. Uh, you, you're a postdoctoral research associate at UTS. That's fine right. university that it is, of course. Um, before that, you were also a PhD student at UTS, and you've that's been right. in Australia about four and a half years. That's right. And you're, tell us a little bit about your research. Okay, my research is how to develop and apply some information technologies to solve the real world issues on like science policy and entrepreneurships. So just one example, we try to identify some key technologies in some given technological area. So we could use this kind of, we say, insights mm. or we say intelligence to support companies to do the investments or do some R&D plans. Yeah. Mm. Oh, fantastic work, really. Really very important work as well, right? I hope so. <laughs> um, and joining us on, on WeChat is uh, Joni Wong, uh, who's a fourth-year undergraduate student studying construction management at Melbourne's RMIT. Um, yep. And you arrived in Australia when you were 17, and I, I, we talked about it a little bit when we were off air, but you love Star Trek. Tell us how you're going with that RMIT, and tell us a little bit about your Trekkie past or your Trekkie <laughs> future. Um. I went. I chose MIT because uh, I want to study construction-related majors. Because right now there are a lot of construction going on in China, and as we can see, Australia is also undergoing with a lot of a soaring time in real estate property, something like that. And MIT is kind of famous for it, and they provide very practical skills and classes for students. And so you. You'll be sort of involved in the Belt and Road, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I'm a girl, but I got a construction boots, I got helmets, I get everything. Yeah, <laughs> and because yeah. there are some courses that ask for us to actually go on site to have a look. Uh, that's, that's great. And I should correct uh, a misapprehension there. We're actually using Skype, not WeChat. Not that we're going to get sued by either. But anyway, uh, Joni, it's great to have you on the show. Haven't we got one, a fantastic array of guests? With Absolutely. Us today? We have a great um, uh, representative diversity from three universities and three student cohorts, um, undergraduate student and honor student, as well as postdoc, uh, a doctoral student. And 
yeah, two cities as well. Mm, you're in good hands. Yeah. So, um, Peter, allow me to start um, by asking, first of all, Liang Yu a, a, a question. Liang Yu, I, I know that before you came here, we had a bit of exchange, and uh, I know that um, you, you, you somehow had uh, felt quite strongly about the fact that a uh, lot of uh, media commentators uh, um, talked about the Chinese students as if to suggest that they, somehow the behavior of Chinese students were, uh, were not, um, sort of preventing uh, the teachers to exercise their rights of freedom of, of expression, of freedom of speech. But you also feel that the, the, that the students' own right to free speech uh, themselves were not actually, have not been respected. So do you want to say a little bit to that, uh, to that thought? Yes, I thought that news was around several months ago. Mm. It's probably last semester, um, like maybe some Chinese students speak out about like the Taiwan issues, which is very sensitive um, in their class. And um, so this was uh, released in some local media saying like the Chinese students is, well, it's not helpful for the Australian freedom of speech. But I feel like Chinese students, some of the Chinese students, like they have their own right to speak of their own kind of opinion, whatever about like maybe Taiwan. Maybe mm. it, it's very like um, debating. The presumption there is that the Chinese students actually don't have a right to speak, right? Yes, you know. but um, I think the newspapers assume that Chinese students have like no rights to speak of their opinions and every opinion they ask they spoke up was like controlled by other people or parties, mm. some kind of things. So I think that's unfair. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's unfair, it's undemocratic and it's not what Australia stands for. Let's talk a bit a little, little bit about language for a second. Um, you know, language uh, is an issue in learning. And frankly, sometimes it's uh, English is an issue for Australian students, so let alone Chinese ones. So um, you've done a lot of study in this country. Did you, when you came here, or have, as you'd been here, did you develop strategies around overcoming any language differences? Because you have fantastic English, I should say. Thank you for that. So actually, the first time I had ever been abroad is not in Australia, it's in the United States. I had ever been in the United States for one year in Atlanta for exchange study there. So actually, at the first three months, we have like uh, workshops twice a week with my uh, advisors at the Georgia Tech, actually. So, but at the beginning, I'm very afraid of this kind of conversation because I cannot understand what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. I just prefer to choose email. Of course. Right, right? You so, control, yeah. that's right. So, but at the beginning, at the early stage, I just encouraged myself to attend those workshops every time. Even I could not understand what he was talking about, I just sit there and try my best to understand a little bit and then talked with him and uh, reflect what I have understood. So after three months, actually it's Christmas holiday, then I arranged a small trip to the New York, to New York City. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, my friend's English are worse than mine. <laughs> so I need to book the hotels, book the restaurants and arrange some car Rent, renting something, issues like this. When I return from the holiday, when I uh, appear out in the workshop again, then I realize, well, I can't understand what right. my supervisor <laughs> was talking about. Yeah, so, of course. And I of course, think that's how you learn language, right? That's right. Yeah, I think just to practice more yeah. and more. Yeah. So, yeah. your advice to your fellow students is to 
Don't be afraid. Speak up and practice. That's right. Yes, yeah, that's good. That's good. Now, Junie, I have a question for you. I know that you have done quite a bit of volunteer work, uh, mentoring uh, international other international students who have less experiences for living abroad than you have. So yeah. maybe you could share with us um, um, some of uh, your experience with international students, um, especially those ones who have just arrived. And what are some of their difficulties? Do they feel lonely, or do they feel a bit scared, or what are they scared about? Of uh, yes, uh, because in my mentor program, it's making the name is making connections. So we mostly just connect with the student. They just arrive and having foundation studies in the university. So it is like prior to their graduate studies, and uh, I think the most important issue for them is to like finding a place to live and dealing with all their. Co- um, like connections to the energies, the water, electricity, this very minor things. Sometimes even the university cannot give any help. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think at the beginning stage, most of students do not really worry about the studies, about how to actually live in here mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and to find a tram stop, how to recharge uh, my mobile phone, how to recharge the the Mikey card. We've got a Mikey card here. It's a transportation card or something like that. And yeah, so mostly like that. Yeah, so these are very practical issues that we don't really um, think much about because we just take them for granted. But for new arrivals, mm-hmm. they're really survival issues, aren't they? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Can I turn to you for a second? So you're one of uh, many doctoral researchers from China <laughs> who come to Australia, many in, in UTS, and we're, you know, we're very happy about that, who come to Australia to pursue research in science. So can you tell us a little bit about what's the most commonly experienced difficulty in studying in Australia? And also, though, just to be a little bit pointy here, what do you think of this idea that's been floated recently that some students uh, are basically working for the Chinese military and are coming here to steal our secrets? <laughs> okay. Okay. The first thing, I think the common things between the two education systems. So based on my understanding at the university level, especially the academic level, the research level, is mostly similar. So, like, China is encouraged researchers to exchange ideas with international researchers, the same as Australia, so we are doing the similar things. So, but I think in the undergraduate level is a little bit different because I have never attended any undergraduate courses in Australia, but I had ever been a little bit tutor tutorials mm-hmm. so in at UTS so based on my understanding so in Chinese universities maybe the students are learning what the teacher are teaching the exact thing but in Australia sometimes for example the teacher will teach 30 percent then the students need to extend learning the extra maybe 50 percent then you if you want to achieve hundred percent you need to contribute more mm. to extend contribute more to do more efforts. So based on this kind of understanding, I think for the undergraduate age level study, Australian University or the United States universities are better than Chinese universities. And that's why I think at the moment, like the university rankings, you would see the Chinese number one university like Peking University or Tsinghua University, I see are not the top 10 level in the world. Yes, yes. So I think that's a gap between Chinese universities and the Western countries' universities. Yeah, Language yeah. issue might be one, but another one is the, uh, the structure of the Yeah, this education. kind of idea yeah. of having to stretch 
the stretch target kind of idea. That's right. Yeah. And another thing, uh, the question re regarding to the, 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 the government issue, I don't agree with that one, the first thing. So I think um, every student, everyone, every Chinese student had their own right to choose their own way. For example, for myself, I got my bachelor degree and my first PhD degree in China. Mm -hmm. And during my first PhD degree, I exchanged studying in the United States. Then I got my second PhD degree in Australia. Then at the moment, I decide to stay in Australia and find some uh, positions and maybe live at uh, st uh, stay at university. Uh, at, sorry, at UTS. Mm -hmm. Then um, that's maybe my career development. So. Even I get some scholarship maybe several or many years ago from the Chinese government, but the government will not say, okay, you get money from my side, you need to work for me. No, I never get this kind of certainty from Chinese government. I just, they give me money just to want to do my better self-development. Mm -hmm. When I finish my study, I have my right to decide I need to return to China or stay in Australia. Mm. Yeah. And I think one of the other parts of this, this debate about whether Chinese students are here to sort of collaborate with, uh, you know, if you like, Australians or Americans and then take the technology is that the nature of academic knowledge is that it's all published in journals which that's are right. peer-reviewed and open source. Yes. Yeah, that's so right. So what are you stealing? Actually, <laughs> well, you're giving the world knowledge. But right? I think that's is I have this kind of expertise to, enter the, to answer in this question because my research exact word is bibliometrics. We try to use information technologies to understand thousands or million publications. Mm -hmm. So that's to say, all these like solo cells, like nanotechnologies, mm -hmm. all the researchers will publish their work and it's open access. Okay. If you buy SWILs, buy Springer's mm -hmm. database, you can get everything. So then you cannot say the Chinese scholar learn something from those kind of secret technologies then uh, contribute them to their own country. I think that's not that's okay. unfair. Yeah. And you're not working for the PLA? <laughs> of course, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're listening to The Middle, the show that's dedicated to exploring the relationship between China and Australia. We're joined in the studio today by Sun Liang Yu from Sydney University and, and Zhang Yi from UTS. And also joining us on WeChat is Juni Wang from IMIT in Melbourne. Peter. Thanks, Walling. Uh, Leanne, you uh, have read one of the key texts that have emerged in this debate, uh, Clive Hamilton's Silent Invasion. <laughs> yes. How did that make you feel? What's your response to that book? I think, well, um, I think people who have like basic independent thinking would not trust that kind of um, book. And I think it's very unfair or uncomfortable, like makes me uncomfortable for every like Chinese people um, in Australia. Did, you did it make you feel less welcome? I, I do, I do. But mm. after I asked some of my Australian friends, like, do you believe that kind of um, book? They are like, oh, no, I've uh, like university friends. And they are like, I don't believe that kind of book. So that makes me feel uh, a bit Relieved, <laughs> okay. but um, okay. overall, this kind of book makes me feel uncomfortable and unwelcomed. Uh, and because I'm just a person who come to Australia for two years, but for other Chinese people or maybe 
Chinese Australians who has been there for ten years around,、mm. I think they maybe feel more com- uncomfortable because they feel their contributions to the Chi- to the Australian society has been ignored,、mm. and they were portrayed like those um those kind of well <laughs> political tools、mm. in that kind of book. I, I guess you defend Clive Hamilton's right to write that book. Yes. Yes, they have、prison. the right to、yeah. um, write, but we ha- also have the right to,、um, yeah, write some comments or reviews to、mm. against that kind of publications.、Mm. Yeah. That's correct. A follow-up question for you, Liang Yu.、Um, as a student、uh, from China now studying Australia, what would you say your biggest concern or biggest fear is, and also what would be your biggest hope will be? I the biggest fear. This is very. This is、Or、very concern. That's、um, something. Anything that worries you、uh, as as a student. What's on? You know. I, um, that's、uh, a very tricky question. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't particularly have very like biggest fear,、mm-hmm. but sometimes I feel uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah, moments like um, I was uh just normally walk on the street, but I was like discriminated. Or our university have some like、um, discriminating graffitis against like the Asian people. It that makes me feel uncomfortable. But I don't have like very、mm-hmm. like fear about this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I believe that it's just part of the people who is doing this. But it's not represent all of the、mm-hmm. um, Australian people are all like discriminating、uh, Asian people. You did mention discrimination、uh, on the street or on campus.、Um, are there some of the examples、uh, that you have you personally have experienced, or your friends have experienced? I, I think、uh, many of my friends and I personally have some experience.、Uh, like one day I was walking on the street and to catch the bus、mm-hmm. on in the bus stop,、mm-hmm. and suddenly I I found that like a discriminating discriminating in the graffiti、um, on the bus stop wall. You know, we have a glass wall. And they have seats for、um, people who waiting for the bus,、mm-hmm. and it's like、um, uh, it's a very discriminating gravity with people's eyes like like the Ching Chong the Ching Chong gravity, and makes me very feel uncomfortable about that. But we immediately report that to our、um, students' newspaper called Honey Sweat、mm-hmm. um, in University of Sydney,、mm-hmm. and、um, it was well partly solved.、Right. Yeah.、Uh, so. That was the graffiti that uh,、yeah. uh, Liang Yu was referring. It was that on the university campus. Yes.、Well. Mm. Okay. So you've been listening to the middle、uh, with me, Peter Frey, and Wanning Sun, and we're talking to、uh, three fantastic、uh, Chinese students、uh, in the, two in the studio, one on Skype from Melbourne.、Uh, thank you,、uh, Liang Yi、uh, uh, and、uh, Joni.、Um, Wanning, I think we've got time for a couple more questions. Over、yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. P- thanks, Peter.、Um, Another question for you, E.、Um, we've noticed that the, the, the level of interaction between the local Australian students and international students、um, hasn't been that high.、Mm. Uh, we like, as teachers, we like to see more interactions between local students and international students, and we're always trying to struggle to to make that happen. So, from your point of view, the students' point of view. Um, what are the obstacles which、um, you, you think prevent the Chinese students from um, from uh, integrating uh, in the classroom in the classroom of teaching? Okay, so the first thing I think is I think is a comparative examples from my stories in the United States. So when I was in Atlanta, 
there are not so many Chinese students there.、Mm. So I have no other option except making friends with local students.、Mm. So, but when I arrived in Sydney, so at the beginning I lived in Hurstville. That's the suburb you can live、yes. without English、yes. for the entire day. You know. Indeed. So then I realized, okay. I can meet many Chinese students. I can talk them in Chinese, and no need for me to meet with local friends. So I think that's an issue. Maybe not a bad one, but sometimes、mm. two ways, positive and negative, because there are so many Chinese there. So we can easy to find help from Chinese friends.、Mm. So this kind of issue stop us to. Move further to meet with some foreign、uh, local students,、mm-hmm. and another one is I think is language issue.、Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like、uh, students arrived here, maybe the st- their first time being abroad, so their language not so good. So it's not easy for them to communicate with local students. So okay, so the same thing I can talk in Chinese students in Chinese in one sentence in one minute, but with local students I need to spend ten minutes to explain <laughs> this kind of issue.、Mm. Oh, I don't want to do this. So I think language issue is one, yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, okay. One more, and another、yeah. thing I think is cultural difference. Yeah, because sometimes this kind of way we cannot deep involved with this kind of communication. Yeah,、mm. so the cu- cultural. As well as language issues. That's right. What about Liang Yu? Do you also have something to to share about?、Uh, yeah. Yes. Um. Because I I was once worked um as a international mentor as well um in the Faculty of Arts and Social Science in UC, and the or the mentoring program was originally open for all the students, including international students and local students. But I found interestingly. Um, all the international students who come to this mentoring program are either from the English-speaking backgrounds, like、um, English descendants, <laughs> or、uh, like or New Zealanders, or、um, they come here in their junior high or high school, so they have very excellent English skills. So、um, those Chinese students who really need help with their English language skills won't come to this kind of mentoring program、oh. because yes. Mm, that's they, yeah. yeah, they firstly feel so very afraid. So how do you、afraid. reach those students? Because、yeah. that's they're the people who need it, as you say.、Um, international Chinese international students who have、um, poor language skills are very afraid to join in this program, and they join other language programs hosted by Chinese、uh, old Chinese international students, so they can、um, speak Chinese in those、uh, mentoring programs.、Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of joining those official tours hosted by the、no, Faculty of Arts and Social Science, okay, yeah, so that's the problem. And、um, but fortunately,、um, they added some international mentoring programs there, so that encouraged、um, students who speak poor English、um, to also joining this program. Because、okay. um, when I was in year one, I was the mentee there. And um for the whole like mentoring program, no specific program for international students, and all of my other mentees in the、uh, this group are local students, and I feel very frustrated because they are talking about um things they are familiar with,、mm-hmm. like they're talking about their um the suburbs they're living in, the high schools they are studying, or Australian cultures which I'm not familiar with. So I feel very um isolated and lonely. But so the next year, I decided to become、um, an international mentor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then we've got time for one more question. I I like to ask uh, uh, some uh, Liang Yu and Zhang Yi because、uh, you are students from uh, um, based in New South Wales. 
I heard that the, some of you are agitating for the local government to、um, change their transport concession policy so that you guys、uh, can be entitled to a student concession in the same way that the local students are. Has that been resolved?、Um, there are some protests. And also, students who are advocating you to、um, sign up the petitions to、uh, give that to the government, but it hasn't it hasn't been solved. I think. So you're still f- paying full fee yes, for the,、um, your transport. Yes,、um, because I think you see it has a, a more intense political those kind of thing. <laughs> yeah,、um, and we feel that it's unfair. And we both as students in universities, but international students are paying as normal adults in New South、mm. Wales for the concession card fee, for the card fee. But、um, the local students are paying half of the price of us. Yes, th- yeah. this sounds、yeah. like a very again sounds like a very trivial、um, sort of practical issues. But they actually to students who have to watch their dollars. This is actually. Quite a important <laughs> uh, everyday uh, matter. So、mm. you know, it's something that I think that the local government really need to take into account.、Really. Well, let's let's hope they listen to this show <laughs> and do something about it.、Um, Walling, I think that just about wraps up this week's edition of the Middle. I'd like to thank Liang、uh, Su,、uh, Yi Zhang, and Johnny Wang for being such wonderful guests、uh, and taking time to come into the studio or be on Skype from Melbourne. Um, if you miss anything from today's show, please check out the podcast on the Two SCR website、uh, at Two SCR dot com、uh, or the podcast deliverer of your choice.、Uh, or and for Mandarin speakers,、uh, this show will be、uh, in Mandarin subtitles. A version of this will go on YouTube very soon. So just search Two SCR the Middle. Until next time,、uh, it's goodbye from me, Peter Frey. And it's goodbye for me, Wan Ying Sam, and see you next time. Thank you for listening. <laughs>